Can we move past racism and inequality and move the conversation from hope to possibilities and create real change? Well, the answer is yes. Stay tuned for more details. Thank you so much for being here. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Your Life Now Show, where your life and your business matter. Your host is a certified executive coach and trainer with the passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you manage your life and your business at its best. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome. You are listening to Your Life Now Show, where your life and your business matter. I am your host and executive producer, Rhea Wolke, also known as Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for being here. Just a quick intro, I am the CEO and founder at Your Life Now, LLC. Your Life Now is a professional executive coaching, training, marketing, and PR company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life and business. What's going on in our lives, what's going on in our work and business, and how we can make things better and better. Your Life Now show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. We invite best-selling authors, thought leaders to help us manage our life and our business at its best. So you're welcome to contact them directly or you can also contact us by visiting our homepage at yourlifenow.info. We're going to take a short break and when we come back, I will introduce you to our guest and we'll get into our thought-provoking episode. This is uh, something on everybody's mind. And uh, we, you know, here at the Your Life Now show, we try to look at solutions. After all, your life now provides solutions, and so we focus on solution, on creating education, and so we can better our lives and those around us. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for being here. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Would you like to grow your business and advance professionally? We would love to be of service to you. We are experts in creating the right solutions for you and for your business. At Your Life Now, we know what it takes to succeed and to increase your bottom line and to grow professionally. So for more information, please contact us at yourlifenow.info. Again, that's yourlifenow.info. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to Your Life Now show. I am your host and executive producer, Rhea Welke, also known as Coach Rhea. Uh, I'm not really even sure what to start with this. There's a lot of things going on around us. It's uh, something that's affecting just not here in the United States, but it seems like, you know, it's affecting us everywhere globally. Um, we're talking about racism, and we're talking about inequality, and we're talking about solutions, and what can we do going forward to create real change? 
And I am so happy and excited to bring you an amazing human being, a friend of mine, a long-time friend, someone who knows a thing or two about inequality and racism. It is my pleasure to introduce you to our amazing guest, Zach Lamel. Zach is a visionary leader. He spent a lifetime using his passion for people, savvy for business, and unshakable focus on excellence to transform leaders and organizations from the inside out. Zach is the former chairman of the Information Technology Senior Management Forum, a national organization dedicated to increasing the number of African Americans in C-suite around the country. Zach currently is the chairperson of the Global Leadership Forum, an organization focused on the goal of increasing the number of black and brown youth in STEM. Zach also is the president and the CEO of New Hope Coaching and Consulting. Please help me welcome our guest, Zach Lamel. Thank you so much for being here, Zach. What a pleasure having you. Thank you. Rhea, I can't tell you I'm excited I'm to spend this time with you this afternoon. Oh, I, I, it, it, the pleasure is mine. I, you know, it's been a long time <laughs> since we chat and catching up and having yes, you here. You know, it's very surreal. Yes, thank you. Yeah. What an amazing My pleasure, my pleasure. Resonate. You know, I'm honored to have you on this show. You know, we need so many people like you in the world. We really do. Bless your heart. I appreciate that. And I, like I said, I'm just delighted to be here. Timely topic, timely issues, and an opportunity for us to just have a wonderful dialogue. I appreciate you. Well, Zach, as uh, um, uh, being part of the solution, you know, you are an African-American leader, uh, visionary. Um, you're doing a lot of great work out there, you know, uh, professionally, and also the, we, your outreach is, is incredible. How do you feel about what's going on right now? What what comes to your mind? Like, how is that affecting you? Because, like I always say, when people say, I know how you feel, that's really not true. Because unless you're in someone, no, you know, position. <laughs> yeah, the worst thing anyone so can say to you is, I know how you feel. <laughs> Uh, you know, thank you for the question, Maria. Um, how am I feeling? I'll tell you, when this hit, uh, in conversing with my children, I knew that they were troubled and, and, and concerned and fear and anger, and, and all of these things were running through their hearts and their spirits. And so I sat down and just to say something to them, to my, my seven kids. And I started with, a, with, with saying, I'm tired and I'm angry. I'm tired of continuing to deal with the same issue that we've been dealing with now for, yes, people say 400 years, and it's been, it's been even longer than that. I'm, I'm tired of seeing um, lives snuffed out the way they're being snuffed out. And I'm angry that we continue to see this playing out over and over and over again with levels of justification that just literally blows my mind that people can see, as an example, the George Floyd scenario, Floyd scenario, excuse me, and mm. then mock it with, with, with imitating what they saw on TV wrapped around all lives matter. So I wrote this piece to my, for my children, and I said, I started off with saying I'm tired and I'm angry. What I realized at the time was when I grew up, 
I grew up among Jim Crow. Uh, I grew up in both the white world, all white world, and an all African American world. It wasn't until my eighth grade, up to before prior to eighth grade, most of my time was spent in an integrated world, which was, was predominantly in a white world. At the eighth grade, my father was in the military. We were in Germany, and I left. We left Germany, and I came back to Columbus, Georgia, which is my hometown, where I was born, which is in the South. It was then that I saw and experienced black-colored only fountains, color-only entrances, going to the movie theater, and I had to sit in the balcony because I couldn't sit downstairs. Um, and in addition to that, but also in addition to those kinds of that type of experience, it was I wasn't. Excuse me, I was 12 years old when I when my parents got the right to vote. Let me say it again. I was 12 years old when my parents got the right to vote. So I have been, in my lifetime, after 400 years, my parents finally got the right to vote. That hit me like a ton of bricks when I thought about that. And I said, my God, my God. Even word with my mind around what knowledge I have around what's going on and what things could I do. Uh, as troubling as it was, I said that to my kids and let them know about my own history. But I also concluded by saying this. In spite of all that's going on right now in this world, I still have a, a love for humanity, a love for my fellow man, because at the end of the day, in addition to some practical steps we need to take, love conquers all. And without that, we continue to see hate. Well, love got the whole world together, all races, all different backgrounds. You see it globally. I mean, it was like really, I, I, I mentioned that to you when we were talking off the air, how it was literally like my, my skin was, was, you know, I had a goosebumps because I felt like, you know, yeah. it's amazing how humanity gets together. Everything else is the same. It's a plane. There is no color. There is no difference. We're all the same, you know, especially yeah. when you and I, yeah. you know, um, in one, uh, um, in one, you know, perspective. So, you know, you talked about, you know, as a child growing up and you had, you know, you grew up in, in both, you know, African-American um, uh, uh, surrounding, also in white surrounding. When did you actually feel, I mean, this is kind of like, I don't know if the question is, is it, it's exactly how I, I want it to really sound like, so correct me if, if, sure. if it doesn't come out exactly the way it's supposed to be. But your memory of becoming feeling that you are a different race, like when did you feel actually, oh, I'm different than this person, so therefore I'm being judged because of, you know, who I am, my color of the skin. So how early was that, your memory of being feeling that feeling, you know, of being different? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was very, very young when I was first called a nigger by a white person. And I, I reacted the way most African-Americans react when you hear that word. I got upset. I called him a whitey. We went back and forth with that whole nonsense. I think I may have been about eight or, eight or nine years old at that time. But what I remember the most is when I came back to the United States and in Columbus, Georgia, in the eighth grade, and I remember having a white cop call me a nigger. And my standing there knowing I could do nothing about that. If I opened my mouth and said anything at all, I could either be beat to death, handcuffed, or even killed. I knew even that the eighth, in the eighth grade that that was something that wow. hung over me because, simply because I was an African-American man. Uh, and that has stuck with me since then. Every, you know, 13 it's, years it's old. Painful? Yeah, thir- I was 13 years old. Painful, uh, disappointing, uh, confusing. You know, you could use that word and you can get away with it. And, you know, call me a nigga. And it was a troubling time for me at that time, you can imagine. 
But did you understand what does it mean? Like, why are people doing that? Like, what what is it like that is causing people? Uh, I mean, this is where because I mean I used yeah. to it and and I'm considered to be olive whatever you know um I'm combination of a lot of different you know sure background yeah, my ethnic background yeah, so we, you know I I don't fit any you know whatever supposed to be um scenario whether white black or brown I guess. I, I was raised not to see color, believe it or not. Uh, I, was, my, my, I was raised by a single mother, six in my family. I'm the second oldest in my family. And I was raised not to see color. So the first time someone said the word to me or like said everybody else? to me black, yeah, you know, all of a sudden I say, wow, okay, I am different than you. I am not like you, you know, even though inside every single human being on this planet bleeds red. No one believes blue, no one believes black, no one believes white. We all bleed red, which means we're all part of the same human race, or if you want to call it, maybe not even race, but human, just human being, a human state of being. We're all part of that same group, as it were. Um, we begin to segment, segment <laughs> ourselves with the word race, black, right, white, right. brown, yellow. That, that, that alone begins to separate us from each other. That alone begin to bring up walls and, 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 and silos, put us in the silos. Blacks over here, whites over there. That's not the world I started in growing up, but it's the world that I, I found myself in when I left the white, all white predominantly world and going into a black world. Uh, it became abundantly clear that I had to stay on this side of the tracks and be on those side of the tracks after dark, and I couldn't go over to these side of the tracks. I went to this kind of a school, far inferior, inferior to the white schools up the street, I couldn't go to this school. There were so many things back then. It's almost like, Ray, when you, when you grow up poor and, you know, because you have everything you need, your basics, you ever think about being poor? Just someone says, you grew up poor, right? I mean, it's, it's the same mindset. I grew up black. Well, okay. no, I mean, no one, people I didn't tell think you, about it because someone yeah. told me. Right. Go ahead. Right. I mean, you, you hear people saying, yeah. well, you know, this is life. This is how you were born. You're born into it, you know. And I know, like I was, yeah. I was laughing a little bit before when you were talking, because I wanted, I was laughing because my dad, my 80 year old dad, I still have like really intellectual conversation with him. And he said to me, I said, this is really frustrating that people constantly. And my dad is dark. My grandfather was really mm-hmm. white, and you know, we had like so much mixing right. in, in our family. So right. my dad is like, right. this time somebody asks you, where are you from? Tell them this. I said, what? He said, tell them I'm from mom. From your mom. And I'm like, I said, that's perfect because we're all poor. <laughs> yes, so that was like, you know, putting some humor to it. <laughs> so, yeah, my you know, dear friend, You're telling me you're from mom. Absolutely right. You know, yeah, you're from your not, mom. If we I could think that mom. way, if the world could, could see it that way, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to talk, but if we could see it that way, it would be amazing. Because <laughs> that's where I started off at, you know. Um, where you're from, I'm from the U.S. I live in Jordan. I'm from the United, U.S. I'm from the U.S. Uh, so if we thought about it all as being just from our moms, what would our thought process, our thought process be? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, take the labels off, you know, take the signs off. You can see what I am just when you open your eyes. Uh, but why should that be your first starting judgment of me? You know, racism is, is universal, by the way. We, we know that it's not just black and white. It's the reason why there's a global movement now because it's happening all over the globe. And it's been happening all over the globe for centuries, not just recently. So one of the but how do we get here? So how do we, how do we get where we are yeah. now? If you, you know, if you, I mean, it's been around for a long well, time, right? Yeah, yes, it's been around a long time. Because of man's inhumanity to man, 
okay, man's inhumanity is a man. Man's side is him that feels they, you know, the need for power, the need to dominate, the need to be different, the need to be above someone else. Uh, if we, we, we talk about all of us being equal, if look at us all being equal, we're all part of the human race, not black race, not white race, not brown race, but human race. If we could, if we could elevate our thinking to that level of engagement and value-based love, we begin to see the erosion of our differences, the erosion of our, our, our different thoughts and perceivings and, and about that we've been taught. Remember, racism is, you don't grow up being a racist, Ray, you know that. That's talk. And it continues to be taught over and over and over and over from generation to generation. So the question is, how do you, how do you attack this? That's been going on for generations and generations. How do you, how do you begin to put a dent in this? I said to my kids and my message also that it's going to be your children and those, my great-grandchildren who ultimately begin to see some differences in the lesson, I believe, of racism. It's not going to happen, obviously, in my life. And it may not ever eradicate all of racism, and I don't think we will. But we should be able to get the majority of us in this world to come together and realize that we are stronger together. We've proven it time and time and time again, but we seem to want to ignore it when it comes to the issue of race. That's the one issue where we say, no, we're different. We're separate. We're not the same. We can't be together. We can't come together. Coronavirus, come together. We're in this together. The message has been playing over and over and over in our minds, on TV, and on all social media. We're together. We're together. We're together. When it comes to race, all of a sudden, we're not. We're not together. But what I am encouraged about, okay, what I am encouraged about is the fact that what you see happening as a result of Mr. Floyd's death is not just U.S.-centric. It's global-centric. It's happening in Australia, in London, in, in Paris, and in, in places all over the world are saying, enough, enough. This is insanity what we're doing to each other as, a, as human beings. We created this mess. We've got to be the ones to fix it. So how do we fix it? What do we do? What do we do differently than we have been before? I have three things that, keep, I keep, that continue to play over in my spirit about what do we do with this, because this is, this is a, a, a disease of the human spirit. Not intellectual. Yeah. It's of the human spirit. First of all, we got to educate. Educate. I don't know how many of my, 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 my white friends or non-African American or non-brown friends know much about our history. We went through what we endured. Matter of fact, even having even going up Rhea, in a black community with black teachers at school, because the school district was controlled by the school board, which was predominantly white, they didn't teach slavery in an all-black school. I went to an all-black uh, eighth grade and then 12th, already the 12th grade, an all-black school. They didn't teach slavery the way I, it should have been, so I even knew what my history was and what, my, what our trials have been. But if I don't know, I can only imagine that my white colleagues have no idea what we went through. Imagine a visual, a ship, small ship, three months in the bottom of a, of a, of a boat, laying completely naked, side by side, women, men, children, and then coming to the shore, those of you who can make it, and then being sold into slavery, like a piece of merchandise. If I had seen, you know, just seeing that, you know, stirred my spirit to say, we, this, is, this, is, this is man's inhumanity to man that this has happened. But it doesn't have to be that way. So let's educate on slavery, educate on history. We, I know white history because I, I learned that in school, but I don't know my own history. I had to read about it on my own. Let's make that part of the curriculum, number one. Number two, 
not communication, dialogue. There's a difference between the two, and as a coach, you know that. Dialogue. I want to hear your opinion. Please listen to mine. Let's try to do this without right. judgment. And if judgment does seep in, then express your thoughts and feelings. And I'm, not, I'm going to try to take them in as you're true because you truly care about what I think and feel. So I'm going to listen to you and listen to what you have to say. So there may be emotions that go into it, of course. There may be even a bit of shouting, of course. But I'm still willing to listen. I'm still willing to have a conversation with you, a, a difficult conversation with you. And then third is reform. We must, in this country, reform our police department from top to bottom. I listened to the mayor of Minneapolis on TV the other day. He said, you know what? He said the same thing. Reform is critically important. So we are in, in violent agreement there. He said, but even as the mayor or the chief of police, we don't have the authority to remove police officers. And even, even when we do, they wind up because of the union and the laws on the state books put on there by the unions, a year later they're back on the force again. So it's getting it's, it's to perpetuate itself over and over again. There are amazingly phenomenal good cops in this country. We need the force. I am not a defund person. We need police force. But they have got to, they, they have to be in the same judiciary that we are. Today, in this country, the police police the police, not judiciary that, that governs us, the rest of us, not the courts that governs us, the rest of us. The police police the police because of the laws thrown in the books by the union that protect the police from prosecution for some of the things that, that we see happening today. That, that has to be reformed. The state legislature have to say these are the things that cannot happen here in this, in this country. You're under the same laws as we are. You're like the rest of us. And until those laws become equal, the same thing, if I go out and shoot somebody, I go to court, I go to trial, if I'm found guilty, I go to jail. When is the last time we convicted a policeman in this country for an unlawful death? I'll use that. You know, as a coach, Zach, uh, sorry to interrupt your thought here. I was watching a second. Yeah, I, it just came to my mind. I mean, you know, both of us are coach and we understand NLP and your linguistic programming and how, you know, when you program someone to, to act and behave in a certain way, and that is really absolutely the problem with the, with the system when it comes to the police department. I was watching a segment on, on, on 60 Minutes, which just blew my mind this past Sunday, how they actually train their police officer. They, they train them yeah. to be a predator. So that means you and yeah. I could be... What? Basically, you know, I mean, we, 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 we're praise, right? We are the praise. Yeah. So if you are yeah. teaching them, you know, always to act in, in, a, in, a, um, uh, in a way that someone is actually going to come and get you, so you have to get them first, even if you right. think, even if you think, I mean, you know, George Floyd was not resisting uh, 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 arrest. Even if he was, there is no need to kill him. He didn't have a gun on him. He was not armed. So, I mean, it just not makes any sense. But it's like deep within the root of the problem and has to be looked into the cause of the problem. I mean, if we're constantly trying to fix or try to find solution, you know, on the outside, we're never going to have, we're never going to succeed because the cycle keeps continuing. I mean, you you mentioned it a few minutes ago. Unless we actually... the, of the problem. Unless we are, yeah, unless we're willing to face into these three issues, in particular the lapping around reform, directly, uh, these kinds of 
situations will continue. There was another uh, 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 death just happened just this week. As a matter of fact, we had three or four um, deaths that were considered murdered by cops this week. Those, that's the words of the of the story. One was the gentleman said he's, he's in handcuffs. He's on the ground. Uh, the cops are on his again knees on his back, one on his neck. He said, "I can't breathe. I can't breathe." One of the cops said, "I don't care." Wow. It blows my mind. I, I mean, I there's care. no way I can it. I can't. And I would never. the man it. died. Yeah. When he got to the hospital, he died. And the, the cops well, said, Zach, we have a cops, lot of people breathe. in the studio <laughs> looking to speak with you. I think I have a question for you, so please bear with us. And if you do have a question, sure. I know some people have their hands up, which, you know, that they have a question. Uh, and some people are there just for the listening. Um, so uh, why don't we take a short break, and then will bring some of these people back in here, maybe get some water if you Thank like, you. Uh, and then we'll continue. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll be right Thank back. You. Thank you. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. We are so excited about the new things we are working on to make Your Life Now Radio Show the place where you can learn and share your message with the world. For more detail on how you and all your business can participate and get involved, Schedule a free call with Coach Ria at meetme.so forward slash Coach Ria, and I'll be more than happy to share with you how we can help you and your business by sharing you, your business, and your message with the world, whether your world is local or global. We have great solutions and ideas for you. For more information, contact us at www dot your life now dot info again that's your life now dot info okay welcome back everyone you are listening to your life now show i am your host ria wolke aka coach ria thank you so much for joining us um we have an amazing uh, guest here and it's a thought-provoking episode today on the your life now show it's a topic about what's going on uh, in the world around us, not just here in the United States. Um, and then, uh, you know, we always look at solutions here. We're looking at, uh, you know, possibly what can we, where we, can we, can we, how can we move forward from here and really affect real change. So my guest is Zach Lamel. He's a visionary leader who has spent a lifetime using his passion for people, savvy for business, and unshakable focus on excellence to transform leaders and organization from the inside out. He's also currently, um, that is a chairperson for Global Leadership Forum, an organization focused on the goal of increasing the number of black and brown youth in STEM. I want to ask you about this uh, STEM thing. So that's something that's really, you know, it's in people talking about it. Thank you so much again for being here, Zach. I appreciate you. So we have a Hugh on, uh, in the studio who actually he said he doesn't only have a question, he has a solution. So can we bring him on? Hugh, you are on the air here, so let's hear what you have to say, my friend. Go ahead. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I'd like to connect with your guest after uh, the show, if you can give him my phone number. But I'm a global visionary, and I've had a very – bizarre life. I've experienced both negative and positive things uh, by the police. My life was actually saved by the police. Uh, 
and yet I was set up and arrested for my bed in another situation when I was disabled. <laughs> uh, very amazing mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, but mm -hmm. I have a poem that I'm putting out uh, globally uh, for any artist, any nonprofit, any company to utilize for fundraising and to bring attention back to their websites and social media to tamp down the chaos and get people to take more personal responsibility. And that Maya Angelou has even commented on my poem, and I can provide more information about that. But I'll just say the poem so you can see what it's all about. It's very short. It's titled Caring Sharing. It reads, If You Dare to Care, Men Share. If You Share, Pay Heed. God will reward every good deed. It really sums up what life should be all about. When people become more spiritual, it's not about religion, but about a personal heart-to-God relationship and understanding this two basic energies that the elites have been manipulating us with. Uh, they're very knowledgeable on how to use negative energy, but the other energy is positive energy. That's God energy, and that is what people need to resonate with and bring it into their hearts and into their families, into their communities, instead of arguing and fighting. It's a fact nobody ever wins an argument, but if you can bring forth solutions with respect for one another, uh, that will manifest a better future in the present. So I can provide more information. I don't want to interrupt the flow of your interview, yeah, but no, hang on. Yeah, I appreciate your thoughts. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Hugh. So um, just send me a comment, wherever, anything that you want to share later on and, and see what I can do for you, okay? But I really appreciate you coming on and sharing, you know, you, I mean, this is it. I mean, basically, we really need to connect with one and each other. It doesn't matter where we come from and what's our background. In, in the love for humanity and the love for one another because let's face it, you know, love always wins. And if there's no love, I mean, the absence of love is hate. So I don't say, I don't really think there is love and hate. There is either love or the absence of love. So let's keep, just keep the love, you know, um, in our hearts and our minds when we deal with each other. So thank you again for being here. I'm going to put you on hold so we can get back to our guests. So that, Zach, um, that was that was nice of you. You know, he wanted to share. His, yeah, thank uh, you so much, Hugh. I appreciate his words. Yes. Yes, that was really nice. So back at it. So we are here where we are right now. What do you feel? Um, some of the things that we can, you know, we talked about um, dialogue. Um, I'm a big believer mm -hmm. of listening. I mean, you know, we come from the same background. Mm -hmm. You know, professionally, coaching is our our key aspect of, you know, you listen to your clients' needs, you, you provide solutions, but in, in a larger scale, when it comes to a global, you know, um, I call it, it is an epidemic, I mean, a pandemic or whatever you want to call it, you know, my word in here. Um, we had a really, you know, a problem uh, with the virus, with the coronavirus, and now we have a, some serious, I, I really do believe that this is a, a serious, racism is a serious health problem. And we need to conquer it, you know, by tell me what you think. How do we conquer? I mean, do you, I don't know. Do you think that's correct? I mean, is it, is it something that we should really be concerned about? Because Goodness gracious. Race is the other pen, pen, uh, pandemic Excuse me, that we have. Racism is a pandemic. Has been forever. Forever. Even before corona came or the, the Spanish flu in, in 1918 and whatever that happened. The racism has always been a pandemic. 
always. So what do we do? What are we going to find? Do I give you? I gave you three things that I think need to happen to begin to address it in the more practical sense. Education. Let's learn about each other because when I have knowledge, it helps me understand the questions that I ask of why. The most powerful question in the world is why. But it helps me understand the why of this. It helps me understand why I feel this way, why I react this way, why I see the things I say. When I have knowledge, it gives me. It helps me understand the connection between what I'm feeling and what I'm saying. The dialogue has got to be one of where I, I seriously want to hear what you have to say. And I'm going to do my best to suspend my, my biases and my judgment to hear what you have to say, to actively listen, actively listen to what you have to say. I mean, I, I mean, I like it. I mean, I even agree with you, but I want to hear it. Let me hear it. And let's walk away saying thank you for the time we spent together today. And you, you, I learned something from you. Hope you learned something from me. And then reform. We have to reform the laws that are on the books today relative to police conduct in certain areas so that they are consistent with the rest of us here. And that is also global. It's not just in the U.S., not just in the U.S. Uh, that's why we see such a massive movement of, 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 of people responding to what they're seeing in the U.S. because that pandemic is worse than the Spanish flu. Last but not least, you know, thank you, Hugh, for your comments because – in order to change the, a man, you have to change his heart first. And that's when you've got to deal with your spirituality there, of the issues of the heart. I am a born-again spiritual, spiritual Christian, and I proudly say that. I walk by faith and not by sight. I proudly try to do that every day. But what plagues what play us as human beings, there's some practical things we can do, but what plagues us as human beings is the issues of the heart. In order to do that, You've got to have some kind of spiritual connection with a higher power who can help you see the world from a different perspective, see yourself from a different perspective. So he was absolutely right. You know, I can understand why Maya Angelou may have, you know, said this, this, is, this, this has power to it. So, you know, words do have power. Is because if you, if you want to change my mindset, you first have to change my heart. If you don't change my oh. heart, my mind will not change, will not change, will not shift. And we will be where we are again today. And just like we had George Floyd, we've already had this, this, this week alone five additional deaths the same way, by the same hand. A couple of stats. If you look at across various countries, which is amazing, police, police shootings that were, considered, um, that were considered inappropriate. I'll use that word. Well, I can say they're considered murder. That's what they're considered. Out of all the industrialized countries in the world, I think it's Germany who had 34 at the bottom of the list, all the countries, but this was uh, Germany 34. Do you know how many we had last year alone? And these are not justifiable shootings, but what's considered questionable shootings. No, tell me, please. 1,004 in the U.S. Now, we're 365 million people. Say, well, okay, 1,000. But it's not the number. It's the people we're talking about here. These are lives we're talking about here. They didn't have to be taken the way they were taken. A good friend of mine is, is, is a policeman. Loving the life, loving the death, always will. We're talking one day because we were talking about another incident that had happened. He said, Zach, let me tell you, bro. He said, as a policeman, I'm not taught to shoot to maim. I'm taught to shoot to kill. I'm taught to use deadly force in certain right. situations. So I'm not taught to defuse, right? We talk about having people, uh, uh, having trained to defuse situations. He said, that train didn't, didn't do that for me. If I feel I'm in danger, I'm supposed to shoot to kill. This is a police officer who I love with my heart. 
And this is what this is what he's been taught. So if he's been taught that and he's black, what do you think my white colleagues are going to think and feel when they're taught when they're taught the same way? When they when you come a black, by the way, the feelings they have they had before they got on the police force. It didn't just happen because they're on the police force. They were there before they even got on the police force. The police force allows them to express them openly without consequences, or if there are consequences, there is also protection at the end of that. That should not be. Wrong is wrong, and right is right. If I do something, if I kill someone out here, and I'm considered murder, first, second, or third degree, and I'm found guilty, I go to jail. That's not how it works for a policeman in our country. And that has to change. That has to change. Change the heart, change the mind. And then Absolutely. the law to go along with it to address the other practical, practical solutions that we have. We can solve this if we truly, oh, truly I know. want. Even if you know, we only need the majority, we don't need everybody. You're not going to get everybody. You're going to need some people who hate me simply because I'm a black, because I'm black. Going to people who hate me simply because I'm Asian or I'm Indian. Uh, you know, I mean, we're all experiencing some aspect of of deep-seated, rooted racism where people are taught to hate you or look down on you because of the color of your skin. Unconscionable, unconscionable, unconscionable. We've taught our kids this. If we don't stop teaching our kids this kind of evil, evil will continue to pervade in our society for years and decades and centuries to come. Change we want to see in this world, as Mahatma Gandhi said, we have to stop, be the one who stops this. And if we don't, God save us. God help us. This is like when we talk about, like, you know, did you look at yourself in the mirror today? Like Michael Jackson, you know, it starts with the person in the mirror. It really does. The person I mean, in the mirror. Each one of us can yes, reflect. Yeah, absolutely. Can reflect change. And, you know, our action, our, you know, our thoughts, and, and let's face it, I mean, we, we are never perfect, and I'm not perfect. I'm sure, I you know, I've been, you know, uh, I felt, you know, being, being mm-hmm. you know, uh, Someone being racist to me, and I probably had said something maybe that I did not even know. But it starts with understanding, like you said, you know, having a dialogue. Mm-hmm. If you want to know more mm-hmm. about me, don't look as just to my the outside of that person. I, you know, I would say it's like you know, I mean, I, I come from a corporate background, so for me, you know, at age 17 when I came here, I didn't speak the English. Like English wasn't my first or second language. I had to work really mm-hmm. hard. I was very disciplined to get where I am right now, and I'm proud of, of my accomplishments thus far. But one of the things that I've always encountered, you know, being a female, also being an outsider, that's always I felt. Like I always had to prove myself. And I just said, you know mm-hmm. what, I always remember, you know, it's, it's people need to see who you are on the inside, not just on the outside. So teach them. Teach them who you truly are. Because maybe if they don't know, I always say it's maybe ignorance. You know, I mean, ignorance is, is part of the problem because most of us don't want to learn. Most people don't want to learn about another culture. Most people, you know, they jump coronavirus. That's a big example. You know, it was a big attack on the Asian community because now all of a sudden China is the problem. You know, we look at mm-hmm. to put the blame on somebody or something beside ourselves because no one wants to take responsibility for anything. Yeah. Which is really frustrating yeah. for me, and you can probably hear it in my voice. Like it's like you know, so sure. it's so loud sure. like this. It is really frustrating. So I would say, if you want to know who I am, ask me. Don't just judge me because you know just by the way I look or by the skin of my color, the the color of my skin, or anything like that, or my accent or whatever it is that you think. You know, just ask me. You will learn a lot more about me than just looking at me. 
and, and you know, it's, it's a tough right. uh, place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tough place, please. So you were saying it's a tough. You place? know, I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you were saying it's a tough place. I, I apologize. You were gonna. I want you to finish your thought, please. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. I, I was just saying, like you know, I mean, it, okay. it is like you know, I mean, I experience it on my own level of what I understand what racism it is, or mm-hmm. you know, being mm-hmm. different. You know, I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, we came to this country, the United States, because it's a country of opportunity. It's a country that has a different nationality. I am praised. Like I, lo- I used to love going to New York and hanging out in New York. Why? Because I feel the culture. I feel that the the, you know, the, all the different nationality. I went to college. I went to nat- international, you know, I, I attended international school before I went to college. I have a master's degree. You know, so, I mean, even when I was there, I was like, I felt I belonged because I felt like everybody from all over the place is here. So it's just like a beautiful country to be. And now, you know, imposing nationalism, then I always say, like, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to the fact Nationalism <laughs> will be only applied to American Indian then, right? Everybody else yes, yes. is immigrant. <laughs> you, know? You, I mean, you know, I'm telling you, everybody, we all, we are, exactly. We, we're all immigrants of some kind from somewhere in, this other, in the country. You're absolutely right, because this country was not inhabited initially by any other race other than the Indian race. But, you know, something else I'd like to touch on as well, Irea, um, because you were, some couple things you said triggered a thought in my mind. And the issue is leadership. Leadership. We are in a crisis as a, as a country, as the United States, because our current leadership festers and fosters these kinds of attitudes and, and, and make them okay. And when that happens, God help us. That's one of the reasons why we're in such turmoil today. I'm a, one of the things I, 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 is my ministry is on leadership. And, and when I ask people the question, what is, what's your definition of leadership? I love to hear all the, the things that they say because they're actually all right. But my, leash, my definition of leadership is real simple. That's if they take away your title, but they follow you. Mm-hmm. I follow you if you inspire me. I'll follow you if you're saying things that touches my, my, my spirit, touches my mind, touches my thought process, my belief system. And today we have a leader of this country who is festering racism in this country. And we need, that means we, we can't have it. I don't care how much money he puts in our pockets or how much money people, the companies are, are, are making. We have leader, leaders in this country who, are, who see and are festering and are tapping into the worst of us as a society, not the best of us as a society. And we're trying to make change happen in the midst of that. Someone said uh, on, on, on one of the newscasts the other day, said, to forget about leadership, we, the people, as spoken in the Constitution, we, the people, have to be the change to make happen because we could no longer rely on Congress. We could no longer rely on the White House or any of them to do it for us. We have to be the change we want to see. They work for us, and we, as a collective voice, have to say something about that. So you want to make, see, some, see some change happen in this country? Then let me import. I don't care who you vote for. Vote. Vote. Absolutely. Vote. Vote, because if we don't change, I, I, I've run many large organizations, and I pride myself, came from Johnson Johnson, I pride myself on, uh, not on the successes my organization had, and there were many, there were many. I pride myself on the kind of leaders that we created in that organization who are now going out into the world and creating even more leaders of the same elk, based upon the principle of, 
if they take away your title, will they follow you? And secondly, we as human beings want two things out of life. I don't care who you are, what circumstances you're involved in. That is, we want to know that we're valued as human beings for the talent, skills, and gifts we have that we bring into any circumstance at any one in time. And that we matter to someone or our bosses or at least as a human being. Not as an employee, not as a number, but as a human being. If we master those two things, that we matter and that we value, we lift up the entire human race that way. But it starts with leadership. Today, we don't have any of that in the leadership. That's a huge, I mean, you know, we know you, you're a leader, leadership coach, you know, so, I mean, you know a lot more than anyone, and we all understand that leadership starts on the top, and if the top is shaky, the whole foundation collapses. But we cannot exactly. give up because personal leadership is also important. So that means each one of us can step up and be leader in our own life and influence that change from, you know, by, you know, around you, basically. Just start with yourself. There was a book that I read years ago, and I actually give it to a lot of my clients because I thought it was an incredible book called, um, let me just, uh, just want to make sure that I got it right, it's called The Leader Who Had No Title. The author is Robin Sharma. Uh, right, and yeah, have you ever read it? Yeah. You're familiar with it. And, and, and the story it is, the, the person that he talks about in the book, it, it was like an incredible, like, you know, it gives you a different perspective about what leadership is. You do not literally have to have a title to be a leader. But in our, right now, in the, the, the country that we live on, we live in right now, unfortunately, our leadership is, doesn't even exist. I really don't even think we have. I, I posted no. something the other day, and I was like, if I can take it down, because this is LinkedIn. This is not Facebook or somewhere else. I said, uh, have anyone seen our leader, leader for hire? You know, I'm like, where's the leader? Yeah, yeah. I don't see, you know, I mean, you can't hide I have your refrained I have refrained many times, Rhea, from posting anything on Facebook or commenting on anything such as what I've just discussed. This, this, this is my tipping point. I can no longer be silent. I'm not concerned about what happens to myself. I don't care. I will continue to speak out and speak the truth to power. This is wrong. It shouldn't be. You are festering these kinds of behaviors. The, the, the killings are getting worse because you are, support, you are condoning it by, not, by your silence and or by your tweets that you continue to put out 15,000 times a day. I know. I know. We, we, yeah. we are in a crisis as a country, but it's being perpetuated and reinforced by the people, I, I agree with you 100%, I hate to use the word even leader, I, you know, by the people who are supposed to be in the, in the positions of influence. Um, that's got to change as well. So actually there's four, education, dialogue, reform, I just wonder, like, you know, we all, when we apply for a job, when we apply for a job, right, or you Mm -hmm. hire somebody, right, so you want their resume, why wouldn't we actually do the same thing with the highest office? (laughs) Yes, right. Has this person actually led something that actually produced great results? Why do we do that? Why do we actually apply the same basics to the highest? <laughs> I, 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 hey, that's right, a question. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, that's so, a, that's I mean, one that we all have to make. Re- <laughs> that's I, one we'll have I, to I make just like, like, in my head, like I mean, how, how does that 
happen? Can I just apply, you know, because my friend, they, they always tell me, they said you should, uh, a close friend of mine who knows who I am and what I do and stuff, mm-hmm. he said, you really should run for office. I said, first of all, I wasn't born in the U.S. So he said, but you're still an American citizen. I'm an American immigrant. So, um, but, you know, I can hold local office. But he's like, you really should. I'm like, you know, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm like, it, it, it just, you know, each one of us, we can influence a change in our local community, in our local churches. So if you go to church, you go to, you know, you practice anything, you know, just bring awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, we need more yeah. change. Real change, real change, because real change is possible if we believe in possibility. You know, I mean, can yeah. we see a world where we all equal? We all judge based on our, our, you know, what we put out, not who we are as, as, as you know, as exterior, because, I mean, let's face it, the physical being, the physical body, is just physical. Mm-hmm. It's just physical. Mm-hmm. What happened when you die? They said, you know, how many times you've heard it? They said, if you want to live forever... Mm-hmm. Leave someone for people to talk about. So it's not yeah. your physical body that counts. It's your actions. It's your actions. It's what you do. It's you crazy. Know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's the things that, you know, people, my, I think it's my. Go ahead. I'm sorry. My Angelou once said, people will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's exactly. ingrained in my spirit. They'll forget what I did. They'll forget what I said, but they'll never forget how I made them feel. And if you make me feel less than, my natural reaction is to rebel, is to, is to, is to fight back. It's to, you know, back years ago, if you, you know, we didn't, we, African-Americans couldn't do anything. No, blacks couldn't do anything. You had to take whatever's thrown your way, live with however they, you had, they decided to have to live. That's no longer anymore. But having said all this, let me also say, I want to come back to a point I made earlier, Rhea, which I think is important for us to understand, that this is, not only is this a, 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 a political issue, a technical issue, a, a legal issue, it's also an le- issue of the heart, as we talked about before, issue of the heart. God did not make us to hate one another. He did not make us to kill one another, to steal, to, to, no. to, to exploit it's not how he made us. We 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 became that on our own. Okay, in our in our in our, in, in our lack of infinite wisdom, we going to have to be the ones to make the change. We have the power to do it, and the power we have. You talked about a resume earlier. Is to vote. Yes. We must. Yep. Vote. Whenever, whenever black and brown vote on mass, that candidate wins every single time. So we want to see a change in our, in our quote-unquote leadership, and I say that in quotes, we have to vote. If we have to stand long lines for hours at a time, it's okay. We have to exercise our constitutional right to have our voices heard through the ballot, through the ballot. Before it's taken away from us. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That should ever happen. But that's, you know, we, have to, we have to do that. And, and also, every change that ever happened in this world starts with our youth. Start with the young, not people like me, not the old, old decrepit people like me. It's every single change in this country has always started with our youth, which is why my heart has a sense of solace um, when I see the young faces and young minds out there saying, enough is enough. We don't want to be, be grow up in a world where this is condoned, this is acceptable, and, we, and nothing happens. A, a, a policeman can, there are legitimate um, 
situations and circumstances where a, a, a bullet is fired by a police officer to save another life, thank God they were there. Thank God they were there. But too, often too many times, that's not the case. And we have to break down the blue wall of silence. They have to realize, you know, you're part of the human race and society like we are. Because you have a badge and a gun doesn't give you the right to play God. You don't have that right to play God. Don't think you're a God. You're not. And you will be, ultimately, you may not pay in this life, but trust me, you will, you, there are dues we paid for the things that we do in this world to each other. I choose love. I choose life. Um, and, and I choose – this is just such a tough, tough issue, and my emotions are running high right now. Uh, but I, that's what I choose. I choose. I choose not hate. I choose love. Not darkness, but light. Uh, I choose to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Well, I stand united with you on that because I do choose love, I choose life, and I choose justice for all. I really do. I Amen. think, you know, part of also the problem is not speaking out, like you mentioned earlier on. You know, when you see injustice being done and you don't say anything about it, you are part of the problem. We need to speak up. It's, we're not talking about, you know, violence or anything like that. There is, there is no need for violence if you can, you know, find your way to communicate with each other, you know, peacefully and get your point and let people inspire yeah. them, empower them. You know, I mean, you're doing that already, you know, with the youth, and I think this is an amazing work that you're doing, um, Zach, and it, it, it's wonderful. You know, I'm working now with women, so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm being an ambassador to the uh, um, World Women Organization yes. as well. So I, you know, yes. I support change. I support equality. I support, you know, that we all have a voice, and I support that we we take exercises, the choices that were given to us, because the freedom of choice is the highest of all. Because if you have a cho- yes, choice and you choose wrong, it's on you. Yes. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, yeah. We're all, we're I mean, all we, you, the time is crazy. <laughs> I, I keep expanding the time here, but I, I do really want to make sure, I mean, you know, we have a lot of people in the studio, and uh, um, they all seem like to be in the listening mode. So if you do have a question, you know, before we get off the air, make sure that you press one, I believe. So the question mark comes in next to your number, but I do appreciate you. So now this show will be archived the minute we go off the air. will be available on the same link if someone shares that link with you. Uh, it's also available on iTunes, Stitcher app, iHeart, different platforms. And for e- easy access, you can always go to our homepage, the player there at yourlifenow.info. So you can play the episode, download it, share it. You know, sharing is, is caring. You know, because we need to spread the love. You know, we need to spread the the awareness that this is an issue that we need to all be part of the solution. Because if we're not part of the solution, we are part of the problem. Simple as that. You know, so we can all do our part. I mean, I'm always, I, I never consider myself to be, you know, in any way, you know, moving past bias or anything like that. This is like, I don't take sides. I've never done. That's what, you know, when Zach mentioned, like, he, he he tried to avoid, you know, posting and stuff like that. I try to avoid actually taking any sides, you know, because the, the real way that we can move forward from here is affect real change. Because this has been going on for years. Like Zach has mentioned, you know, he experienced it himself. 
as a young, as a young child. And I cannot even imagine what would that feel like because I am not, have not been in, that, in his shoes. And no one can be in your shoes because when someone tells you, I know how you feel, that is really absolutely wrong. So no one knows how you feel about you. So just know that, you know. But what you can do, just learn more. Because if you open your mind and you understand more about the other person, you change your mind. I mean, I've been in so many situations, even family issue, where, you know, someone said about someone, you know, in my family, said, oh, this person, you know, does crappy job about this and blah, 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 blah. And I can tell you, you know, I, people start to mold an idea in your mind. This is what kind of call a programming, you know, when you have so much program feeding, 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 feeding into your brain and you just, like, start acting from those programs because that's all you know. You got to change that. And the way you change that, and I can tell you how I did that in a simple way. I sat down with that person and I just listened to them. And you know what? When I listened to that person, I changed my whole perspective. And what someone told yes. me that I'm supposed to know about that person. Yes, yes, yes. We, we, must, we must. It was not true because we see things from the outside. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 must. We Please must. Start. We must <laughs> remember our humanity. Uh, we must tap yes. into our hearts and minds on this issue. This is not just a technical issue, a political issue. It is an issue of the heart. You change the you change the heart. You change the mind. If you don't change the mind, you cannot change the heart. Uh, and and so I mean, you know, one of my one of my greatest one of my one of my one of my foundations beyond the Bible, which is my which is my rock, is the poem written by uh, Marianne Williamson, "Our Deepest Fear." I encourage your readers to go and just read that poem uh, and, and read what it says uh, because. Would you say that again? I'm going to write it down so I. Okay. Uh-huh. Our deepest fear by Marianne Williamson. It's, it's the oh, same yes. okay. point that uh, Nelson yes. Mandela said when he came out of prison. You know, I've heard it a number of different times. You know, it's just one of those most famous, famous points out there. But it speaks to the fear, false evidence appearing real, our deepest fear, you know. And, and I encourage your listeners to read that point for themselves uh, because it speaks to the heart of humanity, I think. Yeah. That is really good. I mean, that's, uh, I'm, I'm actually just taking notes because I will post that in the comments so people can actually go to some of these resources as well. You know, it's all about, you know, learning. I, I honestly, like I said, I, I have a master's degree. Zach has, a, I mean, his credentials beyond, you know, anything that I can, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm really, you know, blessed to have you, Zach. But I can tell you, I learn something new every single day because the mind, even my dad, I mean, like I said, my dad is like in his early 80s, and he's just like, he, he always says, like, if I don't go to work, and he doesn't need to work, you know, it's like I have to keep my mind, you know, working. I, I, he reads all the time, and he, like, he has, like, literally intellectual conversations. Sometimes I forget how old he is when I'm talking with him, and I learn something from him. I take courses to learn about certain things that I need to learn to educate myself. So I think it's really good idea. And and this is I'm not telling anybody what to do. You know, you do what you need to do for your life. But remember, what you do in your life, it's what you're gonna get in your life. So if you want to change what you're gonna get in your life, you have to change what you do in your life. That's basically simple. Amen. So learn. Learn something. Learn something about the culture. Learn about racism. Learn about how the history of it. I mean. I was, like, doing some of the, the stuff which is, like, really crazy, the number. It says one out of 1,000 black men in the United States, this is in the United States, expected to be killed by the police. 
That's alarming. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about yeah. it. One out of 1,000 yeah. might not seem really that big number, but we are 300 million people in this country. And how many blacks, you know, lives are here? I mean, you know, it's crazy. But anyway, um, Zach, if we can wrap it up and give us your, your takeaway and uh, um, bless us with your, you know, with your knowledge and, and, and expertise as well. Please give us something to take away from here. Thank you, Rhea. Uh, thank you, Rhea. I appreciate this time and opportunity to just share my heart with your listeners tonight. And I did just share my heart. Hopefully there's something I said that will spark uh, a light in them to be the, become the light of the world for those people that are around them in their immediate vicinity. We need to edu- learn about one another's culture, experiences, so we can understand each other. We need to have a dialogue, not just communication, one, a dialogue where we have an exchange of ideas and thoughts, even disagreements. That's okay. We need to reform, love to reform the current circumstances that allow the police, the p- police, the police. And last but not least, we have to vote, vote, vote. Remember, we're all part of the same human race. God made us that way. We all bleed red, not blue, white, or brown. Walk in faith, walk in love, and continue to stand strong against evil. God bless you, Zach. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your presence. I appreciate you being my friend. For many years, we've been friends. And yeah, I, yes, I, I really appreciate my Thank you so much. So, again, everyone, you know, appreciate you being there. I We had a big crowd for you, Zach. I really appreciate everybody <laughs> showing up to listen to this show. Remember to share. You know, Zach had mentioned a lot of great points. And we all know these things. This is what the thing is. Like, we know these things, but we don't act on it. Let's do it. Let's all, you know, educate. We're all born to manifest the glory of God in us. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So stay We're blessed, my friend. That. Thank you, everybody, Thank you for so being much, here. And what an awesome yes. show. Thank you again. Bless. God bless them all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Just one Bye-bye. more thing. And one more thing, it takes collaboration and mutual agreement to make the impossible possible. So go ahead and celebrate who you are and make the impossible possible. And always position yourself and your business for success. Be present. Look for insight. Take action. Take a small step. Evaluate what you are doing and remember where you are so you know where you are heading. Stay amazing. Much love to all.